everybody, it's the BucketCast in English, hosted by yours truly, BucketReviews.com film critic and podcaster, yes, podcaster, Danny Baldwin, and joining me is Michael, don't plagiarize me, man, Lester. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. Iron Man 2 review that was plagiarized the one by I get to see. a certain video reviewer, and I don't know if he's been... Is this uh, the kid that you thought was like the next best reviewer ever? No, unfortunately, the next best reviewer ever... He's this kid, and I kind of feel bad for him. He has a speech impediment or something like that. But he always submits to the Rotten Tomatoes show, his user-generated reviews. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think he would have been picked anyway for the Rotten Tomatoes show, if not for the fact that he's using a webcam that looks like it's from 1997. <laughs> and his home, like the walls of his home, have has like holes behind him, and it it looks all too white trashy. Uh but I really like this kid's views. He goes and sees, you know, he seems like this. I love that about people when they don't seem like they would go see super artsy movies or see every movie that comes out, and yet they do. Mm -hmm. So I, I admire this kid, and I watch every review he does. But I'm talking about another kid. This guy's from Britain, and he took every uh, review from this JoeBlow.com reviewer's review of Iron Man 2. Every word from like the opening paragraph on, and he's just essentially reading it out in his video <laughs> review. And then, and then when Joe Blow calls him on it, and I have no clue how Joe Blow found this review. And actually, this kid kept denying it. He kept, you know, the little shit. He kept saying, uh, "Oh, I have no idea." People keep saying I stole someone's review. I I posted my review two days before Joe Blow, <laughs> even though that was transparently not true, as evidenced by the timestamps. Um, but I almost thought Joe Blow was pulling the gag <laughs> and actually copying him and then pulling one over on us be because he was almost convincing in that regard, and I didn't think he would be that in denial. Uh, Michael pointed out it's very much like Rod Blagojevich when everyone knows you're guilty, and yet somehow you still keep on denying it and proclaiming your innocence. But thankfully, the kid fessed up this morning. And I don't know if the review is still available. I'm going to try and find I it. I don't want to shout out his name because this is what I hate about the thing. Everybody's going to be watching this kid's YouTube reviews now because he was a nothing. This, this video had like 4,000 views, which is not that much for a movie review of something like Iron Man 2, which is a big review. And since he was in Britain where it came out a week early, all the Americans went on there for reviews before it came out. And... This is essentially inflating this guy way bigger than he is. He's famous for being famous. So I'll, I'll show you uh, his his whole thing. Speaking of famous for being famous, let's change the subject completely. Okay. I was watching The Hills. Uh, the Hills is really engrossing. You But you fall for that kind of trash all the time. Yeah, I what, do. What was that? You watched like New York City Prep or whatever? NYC was. Prep. That was a classic, and I hope they bring it back. Uh, <laughs> Only, you know what's interesting? Because you were inspired that you wanted to be a philosopher. What's really hysterical is uh, there was a show that on MTV that I got into really big time about rich kids in Newport Beach called uh, Home for the Holidays, Newport Harbor, I think it was called. <laughs> and then I show up to college orientation and the girl, the star of it, is in my orientation group. <laughs> and it was like this weird dynamic where... Do I want to gush about this horrible show to her? Because it would be kind of weird for me to you know, <laughs> say, uh, you know, I really dig your show, uh, which is totally acted and everything. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but Chrissy from Newport Harbor, uh, you know, 
and this was a group of like 800, this was spring admits. It was like a very small group. And yet somehow this girl ended up, and then I saw a later episode where it shows her saying she's going to USC. And uh, yeah, I was like my own starstruck MTV. But The Hills is a good show. Very, very interesting, very engrossing on a cultural level. And, uh, you know, I don't think they're so unsmart. Uh, I, I think that maybe, maybe Heidi Montag is just some genius. And uh, because this to, is her, an experiment. to her credit, Heidi Montag would have been nowhere without the Hills. I mean, she would have been making absolutely no money. And uh, even though she had to completely deface her body and uh, become a, a Frankenstein of plastic surgery... Um, she has made a career for herself. So that is what I call American capitalism at its finest, uh, kind of, or something like that. Uh, but enough yeah. of the Hills. That that has absolutely no relation to the... Do you have any thoughts on the Hills? Have you ever seen the Hills? Never watched it. I, every time I see commercials, I'm confused no? because half the time it looks like a soap opera and then I can't tell if it's a soap opera or reality TV and then oh, I realize that they're one and the same. Actually, my favorite thing is I had a TV class and Diablo Cody was there speaking for United States of Terror and it was like a Q&A thing uh -huh. and the professor asked her, do you watch um, any uh, uh, TV shows regularly? Uh -huh. And she says, well, I can't really watch uh, scripted shows when I write. Um, but I do watch a lot of reality TV and the people from the Hills had been there the week before. Yeah. Uh, and he asked, uh, well, do you watch the Hills? And she says, well, that's scripted TV, <laughs> which I thought was telling, but, uh, why are we talking about this? I shouldn't have brought that up, but, no. uh, hello to Heidi and Spencer and Lauren and Audrina and all you Hills people, because... I quite enjoy the show. I should get the previous seasons because this was, aside from that TV show, this was the previous, this was the only exposure I'd had to it. No, my, no Michael Stanley. I only watched, I only watched very, very blank look. Justify, which I haven't gotten into. Is it good? Because you're watching too much of the Hills. No, I watched this for a night. I was watching a marathon for like three hours. You could have watched three hours of Justified. Yeah, I just, I don't want to start it without knowing I'll be fully committed. <laughs> And into it and watching it. And I feel like maybe I should wait till it ends so I can really blow through it. Uh, we should be getting to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for reasons discussed on previous podcasts, I don't think we have to broach them again. I saw all of uh, 10 minutes of Iron Man 2 and then I had Why don't to you tell us about those 10 minutes, Danny? Uh, well, I know there was... It wasn't looking very good and I couldn't really make up, but, but I know there was Mickey Rourke going, ah, <laughs> putting his head, hands in the sky, which really made me like think uh, Mickey Rourke maybe not having this resurgence that was hinted in The Wrestler, but I will not cast aspersions. What did you think of Iron Man 2? Good movie? Live up to the first one? I don't know if it lived up to the first one, but I think it's pretty good. I think it's worth a watch if you like the first one. Maybe even if you didn't like it that much. I hear that it's too much in one movie. Is that true? Um, I don't think so. David Poland had a really good analogy, and I, you know, I hate well, that I'm referencing it. It's that uh, this movie has a lot of good things, you know, a lot of good things going, and somehow it doesn't work. It's like a kid who goes to Cold Stone Creamery and throws in like every candy they have, uh -huh. and then it ends up like a piece of crap, even though it's all good things going into the mix. I did feel like it was kind of trying to go into the same vein as uh, Dark Knight. It uh, felt really. It felt constructed that way. In like, what sense? Like serious like, tone? 
No, I felt like in uh, terms of story where like Tony Stark is dealing with his personal issues. Yeah. As like that is a, almost a villain. And then we have these the actual physical villains on the other side. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he has to deal with yeah. everyone in his life, basically, which, you know, in the in the first one, it's not so much like dealing with his personal relationships. Very much a setup movie. But um, this is, he has to work with people more. And that's how I felt it was kind of going into the Dark Knight direction. Chemistry with Pepper Potts. Is it as good as the first one? That was one of the most distinguishing things for me in the first one. Did I still like feel it? it's there. Like, I still think Gwyneth Paltrow is amazing in Iron Man. I saw her on The Marriage Ref to go back to TV. She wasn't very good, but um, The Marriage Ref is never very good. Uh, but Yeah, you, of course you, I don't watch The Marriage Ref. You, you think that, well, that's for the better, but you think that uh, relationship is still I think good. it's still there. Is it as, but is it as solid as the first one? I mean, that was really a defining But I think it's, it's it's different. They, I think they're, you know, like I said, it's progressing because now they're dealing more with the relationships between Tony Stark and all these other mm-hmm. people. But I don't know if I, I would say it's as good as... Uh, Pepper Potts, Tony Stark, and Iron Man 1. All right. Because um, there was a certain coyness to Any Operation Russian... games again? No. no oh, no, no. no. Um, Scarlett Johansson, as interesting as she is hot? No. 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 She's Black... hot, but it's not... Not like... much out of the Black Widow thing? Or... No. It, it's Really? They don't do a whole lot, in my opinion, huh. with Black Widow. She wants a spinoff. Do you think that could be becoming... I don't see why you would even bother with a spinoff. Huh, I mean, maybe I don't know Marvel that well. Uh-huh. I don't know how big Black Widow is in and of itself. It's certainly not a part of the Avengers as I know. Speaking of Marvel and the Sam Jackson character. Uh, Nick Fury? Yeah, good uh, introduction into the Avengers or good setup? I, actually, or I, I, I felt um, that it was pushing in the in the right ways for Avengers. You know, they, they obviously talk about it a lot more instead of just the clip at the end. Yeah. And... Um, Speaking of which, stay for the end of Iron Man 2 if you're interested in the Avengers. Yeah, I heard that. And there is also another reference to the Avengers midway through the movie. So keep your eyes out for those. But yeah, it's definitely setting it up. All right. Uh, uh, Mickey Rourke, does it get less hammy than the first scene that I saw? Yeah, I remember that scene now. But uh, there, there are times where I feel like he's certainly into the role. Yeah. And then there are times where I feel like... It's it's it goes in and out where he oh really that's how I felt like so not as good a performance as the wrestler won't well, be up for any I think Oscars. wrestler I think wrestler is like <laughs> that is his career right there. yeah well that's sad too because they you know they tried to paint wrestler as like a comeback but it like Robert Downey Jr. having right now yeah Robert is uh, Robert as I know him is uh, <laughs> doing a lot better than Mickey Rourke I think in that department and the Expendables could really cement Mickey Rourke's D-list status <laughs> again uh, the action though speaking of Mickey Rourke is it good is it is I the was, effects good is I, it... yeah the effects are good um, one thing that I, I really liked was the end the end battle uh huh I, I, I felt it was appropriately paced alright like uh, it, it might to some people seem short but i felt like within the the within the movie or 12 as far as pacing goes with the rest of the movie i felt like it dragged on a lot in the second act okay um i mean it wasn't like anything nothing was going on it just felt like it was taking its time too much time maybe is downey as charismatic as ever do we like him as much as in the first one i mean he was just it was such a comeback i think people might not like him as much mainly because of just how this where the story's going with what his character's dealing with all right it, you know it's the cockiness is still there but now it's it's much more of a front 
Do you give it uh, three out of four? I give it three out of four. four. You enjoyed it. Uh, I look forward to seeing it, but uh, Panic Attacks took me away. Yeah. There were were like two parts that distinctly stood out to me. That was um, when Sam Rockwell's character is talking about his Oh, I forgot about Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. But he's talking about his ex-wife and that... That's a pretty good scene. And then uh, Agent Coulson, who, if you remember from the first one... Clark Gregg, right? Clark Gregg, who's yeah. uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. When he's talking with uh, with Robert Downey Jr., I think those scenes are amazing. Just, I felt like the dialogue was awesome, and the delivery from Clark Gregg was pretty darn good, too. All right, well, any amazement in a summer movie is certainly distinguishing, and I very much look forward to it. I'm sad I couldn't get to it. Yeah, too, like I, I said, with you. if you like the first one, see it. If you, you thought the first one was alright, I think you're, you'd still have fun watching the second one. Oh, and uh, how about the J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, trailer, which I did see. Oh, Super 8? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one that it's like you know, Cloverfield, like, wait, what did I just watch? Uh-huh. Apparently it's not Cloverfield 2. No, he, he dispelled that. Um, I am interested because of, you know, Spielberg and J.J. Abrams. You know, yeah. J.J. Abrams has been doing... I'm not a big fan of Lost, but, you know, I like Cloverfield. I like Star Trek. I'm interested to see what he has. All right. And the premise interests me, you know? A movie that I am not so sad about missing. I also missed it. Damn, I've been off my game. I haven't seen a movie since The Losers in the theater. Really? Man, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm uh, I'm really But you it. saw a good one, right? I what? You saw a good one, right? The Losers, great oh, movie for oh, you. Oh, I got you. Well, uh, here you are bashing a movie you liked. I know you're just... No, I'm, I'm just playing into the fact you don't like that kind of movie. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake starring Jack Earl Haley. Uh, I was hoping for a good movie. People, so was I. People seem to be saying not. Um, no, I, I have to say that... I, I remember the one of the first things I read was... Um, just Ebert's review is just like, why do we care? And that's what I felt walking out of the way. I don't care. There's no investment in any of the characters. Yeah. And but was there in the original? I felt, I felt, I, I, care, I mean, like, yeah, you know, you could say you care for them because they're in this really awkward situation and stuff like that. I felt it there, but not in this one. It was. That, I watched the original again. And having not seen this new one, I will say it is telling of the times. I can say that already. Mm-hmm. The original, we barely see Freddy. I don't even think we see Freddy's face. Uh, Robert Englund is uh, very much in the shadows and yeah. this almost supernatural-like force controlling these kids. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley, of it's course, pretty right, in right the there. era of where we have to tell you everything... Mm-hmm. We learn everything there is to know, and hence, it's not really scary anymore. Not that, again, I watched this original, and I was—I think it's aging. I, I was not that into it, but... I mean, I, I saw it a little while ago, maybe a couple months ago, and I, uh-huh. I, was, I was pretty into it. I still think it, it holds up in comparison to this one. And that's what I felt about the remake, is it does nothing, in my opinion, to own the content. Like, in the uh-huh. sense that it's not making its own, and... Like I said, but it is a different movie. It's a different I mean, movie, you know. The whole backstory, visually, I understand. they really built up Freddy. But is um, any of that interesting? I, I felt like it actually brought Freddy down. I kind of liked when, yeah, you know, it was just vague and left up to us more. Is Jack Earl Haley at least good? In the no, role? I think they didn't use him very well. Oh. Like half the time is he's in the dark, so you can't see his face. Yeah, and I felt like you know, Jack Earl Haley really makes like good facial expressions yeah. i think in uh yeah. shutter island and uh-huh. so you don't see it because it's by the way in shutter island he's in like literally two minutes of the movie yeah it's I, 
it's so weird because he was even doing press for it and stuff. <laughs> and it's I was like expecting huge Jackie Earl Haley. It's like his whole role is in the trailer. It's bizarre. But uh, did you ever watch Little Children? Little Children. You got, you lent it to me. I still have it. I oh, know. that's the crowning Jackie Earl Haley performance. It's really great. But uh, I I have not given up on Jackie Earl Haley just because no. of this. Because uh, I I I. We'll still see this because I'm interested, but I'm hearing it's across the board bad. Any scary moments? Did you ever jump up at all? Um, no, like I said, it's, it's pretty predictable, it's, especially if you know the original. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, they did this before. Um, and does, does it get in the laughable territory? That, I mean, the No, ori- but that's what the original had, too, is you can laugh occasionally. It's campy because, you know, we see these kids being attacked by this, this invisible force and they throw up. Uh, it's taking itself too seriously, in but my opinion. it doesn't get so bad. It's good. No, I mean, it no. doesn't get into that. Oh my god! I mean, that's I, like I said, too seriously, and I felt like by trying to amp it up by you know with the whole insomnia thing. If you see the trailers, you probably know what I'm talking about. The uh-huh. micro naps. Yeah, it's just that I didn't make much a difference. I I felt like there was more to be afraid of, and that you will eventually fall asleep. Not that you will be dreaming while you're still awake. You know what? Speaking of the Microdots thing and the original, I recently went for sleep apnea <laughs> testing. The one, th- this is total falsehood. You cannot sleep at one of these places. It was like, the mo- they have every electrode hooked up to your body and it's impossible. <laughs> Even if you wanted to escape, fr- I mean, doubly, these kids want to stay away from Freddy. And they're hooked up to the machine at the sleep apnea sleep study place. I don't believe it at all. <laughs> That's the most unbelievable thing about Nightmare on Elm Street in general, above all. Uh, I sense you didn't like this movie very much. What do you give it? One. All right. Well, that was Michael on your current movies. Uh, but let's get into something that I know better. We are going to count down our top five movies so far of the year i'm very excited for this because i like lists i mean (laughs) i just like lists i like telling people what they should see and what did you think of the first what five months of the year as a whole perfect it worked out five months exactly what did you think of uh the movies the crop did you like them on the whole um when i was looking at it i felt like i had a little bit of trouble um coming up with the list but then you know it came together my dragon movies I had no problem coming up with my list. I didn't have any. But four, you like lists. I didn't have any four star uh, movies, unlike you. So it was a little bit easier. Um, uh, which but is? Do you just weird. want me to dive right in? Well, yeah. Let's go number five. You could go first. Uh, we'll do number five. You probably hate me for this, but uh, Book Book of Eli took my my fifth place. I never saw it. Actually. Oh, okay. So uh, cool. <laughs> really, I didn't know you had seen it. So uh, tell me a little bit about what you liked about the Book of Eli. Um, I I really like the uh, the art development that the film had that that really stood out i felt that it did a lot with a very what i considered conventional and simple plot religious themes going on there though right yeah yeah a lot of them that's kind of like the whole movie there and how's denzel denzel he's denzel uh that's all we need to say is denzel and uh, mila kunis hot as ever or uh, a little bit too dark for that it's a little bit dirty because it's the post-apocalyptic world but uh-huh. it's Mila Kunis how can we complain yeah I mean if she was the only woman left on earth yeah. with you that would not be too bad uh, uh, number five for me uh, you're looking at my list you're trying <laughs> to peer at my list that's just unfortunate we need trying to unveil it uh, it's a movie that you were a little bit okay on it's called She's Out of My League uh, the best comedy of the year so far 
hysterical, I think. And it works, uh, it has a special charm in that it works equally, I think, for members of both sexes. It's got the romantic comedy, full-fledged romantic comedy going on, and the comedy is actually funny. And that is no small feat because the comedy is gross-out comedy. I couldn't believe I was laughing at scenes about premature ejaculations and pubes being uh, shaved off. But it works because Jay Baruchel makes for a good, compelling lead. Uh, we got some nice comedic support by Nick Swartzen and some of the other friends. And uh, a great leading lady performance by Alice Eve, who is the only good thing about this small movie with Harrison Ford. Actually, a laughable movie called Crossing Over. And I cited Alice Eve uh, when that movie came out, and she is... Not only attractive, but a very good comedic lead, and I very much like she's out of my league. So that's my number five. All right, my fourth was actually Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass, which I like. It It didn't make my list, but it was uh, the runner-up. It was Considered, number, yeah. number six. Uh, oh, okay. So what do you like about Kick-Ass? I think uh, what Kick-Ass stands out the most for me is it really kind of goes the opposite direction with the uh, the hero movie by you know basically creating a bunch of anti-heroes. But Somehow, it still manages to create the hero's journey story. Uh-huh. Um, also, you know, I think the the acting is pretty good with Mark Strong. Can't remember the the kid who played Kick Ass name, but I like it. Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson. Yes, Aaron Johnson. As I just said. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought I thought he was in a pretty good Kick Ass, even though it's a depart from the comic. I think. It, it, and let's <laughs> not forget Chloe Moretz, who Hit Girl is unbelievable. Nicholas Cage is great. Nick Cage just goes right daddy. into his role and buys into it. And I will say that strobe light sequence will make my top ten uh, like cinematic moments of the year. That, the that list guaranteed. Yeah. It's a shoe in for that. I'm trying not to read your list, so tell me number four. All right, number four is a movie I know will show up later with you. It's called The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Swedish import um, from the Stieg Larsson novel. It's a thriller, uh, goes in directions that you wouldn't expect it to, but it's pretty straightforward. That's the one interesting thing about it. It's a twist movie with twists, but they're never unexpected. They are kind of unexpected, but they're not like, uh, they're not trying to fool the audience. Uh, you go places with this duo, uh, Lisbeth, Salander, and what's the guy's name? Mikhail. Mikhail, yeah. Uh, this duo and uh, uh, secrets are revealed. And they're a charismatic duo. Um, I really look forward to it. It's a part of a series of books. So I really look forward to uh, potential cinematic adaptations yeah. of the future ones and the David Fincher movie. Now, interestingly enough, we're hearing big rumors about who's going to be cast as uh, Lisbeth in the David mm -hmm. Fincher movie. They've Backed off of Kristen Stewart, who's still circling, but they're saying uh, Carrie Mulligan of an education uh, is going to, who's uh, also in Wall Street too, uh, plays Shia LaBeouf's girlfriend. She is uh, circling this big time, but interestingly enough, there's a lot of other names swirling, like Anne Hathaway apparently wants the part. Really? Uh, so it's a big hot topic. I think Emily Browning of The Uninvited and uh, a series of unfortunate events should circle the role. That's a good idea. I, I actually agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, now that I know who you're talking about. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, Three, you might contend with me because I, I'm considering it because it was released in 2010 here in the U.S., Harry Brown. Yeah, that's, that's okay. perfectly okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, Harry Brown really stands out for me. For, you know, for such a hyper-violent film, you know, concerning Michael Caine, I just, I felt it would be something out of his realm, but he really takes to the film and we connect with 
Harry Brown, who's basically had almost every possible tragedy happen in his life within like the first half hour of the movie. Yeah. And like I said, it was when I, when I first reviewed it, I actually felt an emotional connection to the, the movie. Yeah. And, and Harry Brown himself. It's one of the best performances of the year so far. It's really good. W- yeah. Whatever you think about the rest of the movie, I thought it was a little bit conventional. Uh, Michael Caine is amazing in this role, and that makes it certainly And it's a good supporting cast, too. Yeah. Uh, mostly British unknowns, although Emily Mortimer is in there, yeah. and Emily Mortimer is very good. Uh, my number three, The Runaways, uh, which is a movie even Michael liked. Uh, I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop <laughs> since. Uh, Dead End Justice, performed by Dakota and Kristen's pretty good. Uh, these are two real performances from two real young actresses. You might have twilight phobia as Michael did, uh, but this is a good movie. Michael Shannon is terrific as their sleazy San Fernando Valley band manager of sorts. The movie's beautifully shot, uh, first-time director doing it, and it may not have that great a depth, but it's that a-conventional biopic that doesn't take you in all the expected directions. And uh, great music, great cast, uh, really fun. I thought The Runaways was terrific, and I think you agree with me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't make your list. Clearly. No, it didn't make my list. I really enjoyed it. But my uh, my second movie is uh, something I think everybody can enjoy: How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, um, which apparently is both good in two D and three D. Um, you know, it tells the story of a young Viking who fails at killing dragons, where everyone in his village prevails. It's it, animated, of course. We should know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very graphic. Yes. We, we, you know, that's a role. for. If it could be a female role, it could be Chloe Moretz just transitioning from hit girl to Viking girl who wants to yeah. slay dragon. Or, all right. But it's a, you know, Jay Baruchel plays a, I forget his name. Can yeah. you remember it? Whatever uh, the little is. Viking boy, teenager. All I remember is the dragon's name is Toothless. Toothless, yes. And he ca- catches a rare dragon, which he dubs toothless and basically it's about his adventures and trying to change conventional thought within his town funny exciting great flying sequences yeah you know the flying sequences are really amazing they're I, liberating and you know for every kid who's wanted to fly you can really feel like it especially I, that, that's, like i said that's one sequence i really wish i could have watched in 3d um but yeah I'd say funny, exciting, and you know, humor for both adults and kids. You gave it four buckets out of four. I was, uh, mm-hmm. you were really impressed by this one. It didn't quite make my list, but it's another one that was kind of on the edge. My number two, you haven't seen. Uh, it's called Breaking Upwards. I actually saw it back at South by Southwest last year, but it came out in theaters and is on video on demand right now this year. Stars Zoe Lister Jones, who's had some very small roles. She was in Star Trek and. Uh, Daryl Wine, who are a real-life couple, and they kind of uh, recreate uh, their open relationship in this very Cinema Verit style on the streets of New York City. And basically, they're going through a falling out. They want to see other people, but they want to remain together. And it really has kind of an authentic uh, 20 to 30-somethings angst and uh, very good relationship movie where the relationship at the center is failing. And... uh, uh, very aware has references to American Idol and Netflix, and it really encapsulates how a real couple, albeit uh, you know kind of an elite Jewish liberal New York couple, but how a real couple these days would talk and interact. And I really love it. The performances are great, and these two should make another movie together. So you should see that breaking upwards, Michael. Alrighty, 
And as Danny predicted, number my number one is the girl with the dragon. Wow, tattoo. number one. Well, I didn't exactly predict that, but I. Know but you predicted to be yeah. be on the list. Yeah. And it is. Uh, you know, I can't say a whole lot that Danny hasn't said. I'll just reiterate those points. It's got a lot of really great twists, and it's not overdone in that sense. Um, even for you know, like I think it stands out for being a two and a half hour in subtitles. It's compelling pretty much the whole way through. Yeah, and I can't wait to you know. I want to read the books and I want to see them on the big screen. Hopefully, sometime. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'd very much like to see this duo reunited. And the movie, it's great. It's had unexpected success for a very small distributor. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, two and a half hour long foreign movie, and it's still chugging at the box office, still making a good per theater average. So if you haven't seen it, go check that out. My number one, Michael's going to kill me for it. <laughs> he didn't like it, but screw you. Greenberg! Ben Stiller in a great performance. Sure to be one of the best performances. Rank among the best performances of the year. Uh, he plays uh, basically a loser uh, 40-year-old who doesn't know what to do with his life. Goes to his kind of hippy-dippy, but at the same time yuppie uh, brother's house to house it while he's taking his kids to Vietnam. And uh, discovers something in a relationship with Greta Gerwig, this younger girl who's also lost in L.A. And it's fascinating. It understands human interaction so much. It understands uh, depression and anxiety to uh the real extent it's again ben stiller's so great greta gerwig's so great i cannot recommend this movie enough i cannot understand why you didn't like this movie yes it's droll yes these people sometimes are idiots but they're real and they're compelling and uh, i love it to pieces no don't no, don't have a response the, the, the letters are amusing i'll give you that the letters uh as i was saying really kind of resemble my ultra star letters and that might be why i related to greenberg but this i bought everything about this character down to this very far-fetched drug addled third act and oh my god i cannot wait to watch the movie again when it comes out on blu-ray it's a big victory for noah bombach whose uh margo at the wedding was but i told you i'd give bombach a shot with some other stuff yeah watch the squid and the whale Mm -hmm. squid and the whale is a great movie but uh, greenberg is definitely up there and it uh may have a spot on my top 10 of the final year if i had a look uh this is a really good movie whether you recognize it or not let us move on yeah summer movies summer movies what are your uh so what are your mostly anticipated summer films coming up well my mostly anticipated summer films are number three get him to the greek which is of course a judd apatow produced uh, comedy starring russell brand reprising his role as aldous snow from forgetting sarah marshall and basically uh, Jonah Hill has to get him across the pond to uh, perform a concert at the Greek theater and hilarity ensues. I think it looks really funny and these guys are always reliable. The Apatow crew. Um, my third one's going to be the A-team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Give me, give me crap. Well, let's hope it's better than the losers. Yeah, and, well, <laughs> it's not a big deal for me. But I think the cast looks pretty solid except for Quentin Rampage Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, he's, he's taking over for Mr. T, so it's not like he needs that much acting ability. They should have just let Mr. T into the movie. He's probably in there somewhere. Well, didn't you hear that Mr. T wanted to play that role or something like that? And they wouldn't let Mr. T do that because they thought he'd ruin the movie or something (laughs) like that. I I think I overheard that conversation with two geeks talking about it, but at at any rate. uh, Um, yeah, I mean, 
What's really to say about it? it just looks like a rehash of the A team, but I I'm not I, I'm, I'm amused, not that optimistic. I'm but. amused by silly action films. Uh, my number two is another comedy, uh, Cyrus, which is uh, the Duplass brothers' uh, first kind of mainstream movie. It stars uh, John C. Riley and again Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill and Marissa Tomei, of course, are a mother son. Uh, thing and he's still living at home well into his 20s and they have kind of a strangely way too open relationship with each other being mother and son and John C. Riley comes and is uh, is uh, her new boyfriend and John C. Riley is way undervalued as a comedic uh-huh. actor I think I think he's one of the funniest guys out there and this except looks, in Walk Hard, right? Yeah, except in Walk Hard, that's right. Uh, this has every indication that it will be. Uh, funny and uh, touching at the same time and the Duplass brothers who I have kind of a love-hate relationship with I, I'm not that into the mumblecore movement but it'll be interesting to see what they do with a bigger budget well my number two is I'll, I'll give you get him to the Greek okay you know like I said for the same reasons I really like Apatel films and I think the trailer's pretty solid it's about a pretty solid concept and I mean I haven't seen any Russell Brand but uh-huh. I'm convinced by Jonah Hill and the hilarity oh you didn't see forgetting sarah marshall i have not oh the aldis snow character who is in for who is a big thing in forgetting sarah marshall uh-huh. he, he has this music video that is so funny it's really <laughs> really really great the only thing they should have done for get him to the greek is they should have imitated a true concert film and done it in imax 3d oh. <laughs> that would have been better but um well i guess that this is something about getting to the greek that even though i'm not seen forgetting sarah marshall i'm still buying into it all right well we uh, have not shared lists, but I guarantee you our number one film is probably the same. So let's just say it. Three, two, one. Inception. Wait, what? Inception's coming out over the summer? Of course. Oh my. What's your number one? <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> I'm, I was looking at your, your list and it wasn't on there. Inception. Yes. Three, it's two, in one. Ju- Inception. It's in July. Uh, so the new trailer came out. I couldn't be any more excited for this movie. I, I thought I was excited for this movie. And then I saw that wild avant-garde trailer. And I don't know. I mean, Chris Nolan must have just promised to do like eight Batman movies <laughs> after this. Because somehow they gave him this crazy budget for this essentially very artsy film. I think it might tank at the box office. But holy shit, is that trailer good looking. I, mean, I was, was so like, surprised when I saw that during Iron Man 2. It was like unbelievable now did the audience react at all no i like i said i think i don't think people are gonna buy into it as much even with like it's like from the director of you know batman begins and dark knight people are gonna be like what is this it looks incredible on every freaking level and then that scene where they're all like you know floating floating so uh and joseph gordon levitt looks really good as does leo and Oh Ellen Page and Ken Watanabe. Marion Cotillard. And we could just na- keep naming names. Yeah. It's, it's I like, didn't know I, it was July. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That thing in, in IMAX is going to be uh, wonderful and gleeful and just a bit of cinema. And w- what was your previous number one? Uh, because I didn't know Inception was coming out. All right. I was I was kind of... Good. A-Team is now off your list. Shifted off your yeah, list. Yeah. We'll, we'll shift it. We'll <laughs> okay. shift it down. So I was, I was... I'm hoping Robin Hood does well. Oh, all right. Even though I, I kind of, when I was watching the trailer last night, it kind of struck me as you know how brave Braveheart is joke. You know, you joke around saying it's, uh-huh. it's uh, no, no. Um, how the Patriot is like Braveheart in America. 
Uh-huh. Well, I, I felt like this is just Gladiator in Europe, but I'm hoping it's not, and I hope Ridley Scott, you know, makes a good movie. Here. Oh, hey, speaking of that, we start our retrospective series next week, uh-huh. and mine's related to Robin Hood. Okay. I, I was, you know, trying to make this relevant. One of the supporters in Robin Hood is William Hurt. So we're doing William Ooh, Hurt this okay. month uh, for retros, and you'll be able to choose your three movies, and we'll start that next week. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, sleeper hit of the summer. What do you think uh, will be that movie, that little movie that could uh, become big? Like I said, I did not hear this hear this movie until I was I looked it up today. Uh-huh. John Favreau is di- directing it. Uh-huh. Iron Man famous, if you don't know. Really? This yeah. Thing? Yeah. Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford, and Sam Rockwell are supposed to be in it. Uh-huh. Cowboys and Aliens. That's next summer. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> really? It just started pre-production. <laughs> I think... You know what I think happened? I think I clicked on the, the wrong link when I was working on there. All right. But, yeah. So, I'm going to do Sleeper Hit... mess with these lists right now. I'm going to do Sleeper Hit of 2011. And I think Cowboys and Aliens is going to be the best movie. But won't that kind of be a big blockbuster, don't you think? I, I don't know. Time? I think it's going to be amazing. Well, on to my Sleeper Hit, which is a true 2010 one. I think it's going to be... I think this movie is going to do well. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I don't know if you saw a trailer. No, I know. Nicholas Cage, Jay Baruchel... I think it's going to break out. I think it's going to be a family hit. I think it's going to be a teen hit. I think it's going to be all four quadrants. And it looks good. It looks funny. And I think this one could just break out. I hate to say, you know, that uh, it's going to be something like Cyrus. Because uh, even if Cyrus becomes the next Little Miss Sunshine, it'll only gross $50 million. I think Sorcerer's Apprentice, hey, get to $100 million maybe. Has the potential. Let's see what happens. Uh, bomb of the summer. This is the really fun one. What, I, I got this one right though. What will tank at the box office so bad? Bomb of the summer. What do you think? Killers. Killers. Yeah, I think it's an unfunny version of be Mr. Mrs. Smith. It, be that as it may, I think people are going to buy tickets for Catherine and Ashton. the The trailer looks terrible. And I, and I say this as someone who finds Katherine Heigl like one of the five most attractive women alive. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that I will be able to suffer through it. I mean, it's like, it's really, really. Oh. Yeah. But but I don't think it's going to bomb. I think it's going to do well. Uh, okay, it's we'll Lionsgate. See. To, see, it's kind of a double standard because Lionsgate, you know, Lionsgate, a big success for Lionsgate. It's like $40 million. So, uh, but I, I think killers will easily do over $40 million. I think I'm going to go out on a further limb say that especially uh, the clear bomb to pick would be jonah hex because jonah hex is going yeah. through all this post-production stuff people are saying it's one of the worst movies ever it's all <laughs> but it's all these rumors up to now i mean let, let's not forget old harry knowles uh put out the idea that uh, indiana jones uh four was going to be you know the worst movie of all time and things like that uh so what will really happen with jonah hex we don't know uh but i think the last airbender is going to be a huge tank Really? Uh, I think, you know, it has its fans, uh, but I think it's just going to do abysmally and bomb even with the 3D. And it may have kind of an opening surge because kids like the whole Nickelodeon show and whatever, but uh, I think it's going to do really bad. There's no star power here. I mean, what are people going to say? Yeah, I'd like to see Dev Patel from Slumdog Millionaire again. Uh, (laughs) The Last Airbender. Um, I also think to some degree, now maybe this is me, but I think that it might have some problem because uh, 
it's called Avatar, but you know they changed the title, Last Airbender, and could have some uh, recognition difficulties. Maybe I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that gross is like maybe fifty, sixty million dollars, but is nowhere near the blockbuster that they're bargaining on. And furthermore, probably will uh, pretty much nail put the nail in M Night Shyamalan's filmmaking coffin. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long time coming here. Although this coming from somebody who kind of likes Lady in the Water, even well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, three to avoid, though. Uh, you know, let's talk about the movies that we uh, really don't want to see, but we probably will end up seeing because of this podcast. Uh, yeah, you're number three. Um, well, like I said, I, I messed up on a couple, so I had some 2011s in there. Oh, really? <laughs> um, actually, I think I had several. Um, just but Karate Kid. Okay. Really? I don't want to see Karate Kid. I hate Karate Kid. I have the feeling that it could actually be good. That that it, you know, everybody seems to have a grudge against it because of the trailer and that. But it's getting good audience scores. It's uh, preview screenings are looking good, and uh, you know, I, I I think it, I'm willing to give that one a chance. That's not anywhere near on the list, but. Uh, my number three, which is kind of cheating because we all know August movies suck. <laughs> We we don't even need to really include it, but Takers with uh, Chris Brown. That would have probably uh, been on my list. Paul Walker and Delayed, of course, because of the whole Chris Brown incident. They didn't want that to taint their box office, but uh, it looks really, really bad. Despite the presence of losers, uh, Zoe Saldana and Idris Elba, uh, it looks just atrocious. Uh, Bad action all around. Paul Walker. Paul Walker, the actor who can't act. Uh, what's that line? Uh, I'd like it in Fast and Furious. That was it. I'd like a tuna sandwich. Crust? No crust. Or something like that. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines in Fast and the Furious. Uh, number two for you. Oh, yeah. yeah I like uh, it. My, let's just go on because I'm sure. Yeah. My number two, uh, Grown Ups, uh, of mm. course. Uh, I'm with, probably just uh, going to agree with everything you have to say. Kevin so. James, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, uh, Rob Schneider, and uh, just a cast that when they get together is going to make a terrible gross out comedy that's immature on every level. And if we see another Chuck and Larry, of course, this is directed by Dennis Dugan who did Chuck and Larry, uh, we're all going to be in pain. Uh, the best joke they can come up with in the trailer is them uh, peeing into a pool and uh, it turning blue. Yeah. Gross. Um, my number one, uh, the movie that is over-advertised galore and looks totally insufferable, but th- that I will troop out to see. Sex and the City 2. Uh <laughs> The first movie was what it was. It was for women. I got, you know, it wasn't for me. I It was okay. It was not that bad. It was over long. It was like an hour and, or 142 minutes or something like that. It was definitely too long. But you got what you expected. This one looks far, far more insufferable as they go, I guess, to the Middle East on vacation. It's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, women liked the scenes where they went to Mexico in the first one, so uh, they had to send them to some other exotic exactly. locale. Uh, it just oh, if, if Sex in the City two is is over a one bucket rating for me, I will officially be surprised and uh, never never prejudge a movie again. But oh man, it looks bad. Um, other movies to note: uh, Shrek Forever After. Any interest in that? I, I I'm not big on it, but uh, what do you think about Night and Day? Night and Day. That was what I was... I almost picked that as sleeper hit of the summer. Oh, really? Because I feel like 
they you know because twilight was out there they moved their release date they don't quite know what to do with it um uh-huh. but i think now i don't know whether it'll be a good movie or not but i think it will definitely be tom cruise's resurrection as an action star i think people will like it i think it will have legs and do well um you know again it could go either way but i'm reasonably certain I think the trailer's movie. okay uh some others mcgruber any interest in that uh at first the first trailer's like i thought just looked terrible but i i've warmed up a little bit to it huh. maybe uh, in the hope that it'll be okay prince of persia that was one that I had on uh, for the uh, most successful summer films. Really? I think it's going to attract the parts of the Caribbean crowd. I don't know if they'll be satisfied, but I think it'll pull them in. I, I'm leaning towards bomb on that one. I just, uh, I'm not feeling it. And the curse of the non-Resident Evil video game adaptation seems <laughs> to be very, very strong. I'm not really feeling the first, and I didn't know that Jake Gyllenhaal did an accent until I saw the trailer today. It seems like, ugh. I guess he does, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got Splice. I think you'll probably be very interested in Splice. No, I saw the trailer and I was, I was, I didn't know what it was at. Seems first. like your kind of movie. Yeah, I think I might be interested, and maybe I'll take my dad to see it. Uh, or we could see it before the room, same night. Ah, <laughs> uh, my dad would love to see the room. <laughs> uh, uh, Jonah actually talked about Toy Story three. Any thoughts on Toy Story three? I saw Toy Story 2. Yeah, I saw Toy Story 2. I had to think about it for a second. You know, I, I watched... Uh, it was crushing to me because they had these Blu-rays just came out yeah. of Toy Story, and two, Toy Story 2. And uh, I loved these movies as a kid. I remember it vividly as one of my first cinema experiences because it sold out so many times and we kept having to go back and my grandparents kept having to come back to babysit my younger brother who was too young to go. <laughs> and uh, I really, really... I wanted to love them as much as I did, but they're, they're good movies, but they're not anything special, yeah. especially compared to some of the other Pixar's that were done later. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a crushing disappointment to me. Um, Twilight, I think we all know what your thoughts are on that. I, I don't It'll attract the Twilight crowd. No although it's David Slade, that should be interesting. I hear, though, that Summit uh, has brought in their own editor. So that means probably that David Slade gave, Slade gave them a very 30 Days of Night-esque cut. And they <laughs> had to do something about that. Hey, if we got a Twilight like 30 Days of Night, I'd be happy. He, well, I didn't like 30 Days of Night. No, I, just because it's like vampires doing yeah, vampire I hope things. it reverts to the original Twilight, which was good. Which you still haven't seen. It. No, um, no, no hurry either. Yeah, uh, Despicable Me, uh, animated film, Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the trailer. I, I mean, I'm optimistic. That that weird trailer with the pyramids and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't quite get it. Uh, Predators. You know. Predators. Come on, Danny. Uh, <laughs> although you know, Adrian Brody. I think Nimrod Antal is a pretty good director. I, I think. I think, I think that, uh, Vacancy was pretty good. But I then I looked Robert at it, and it's Robert Rodriguez. Who speaking of Rob, you know. I saw the Machete trailer, as everybody did, and I was looking at Robert Rodriguez's filmography. In addition to watching, uh, uh, I never thought I would have to see this movie again, but Shorts was on HBO today. (laughs) Robert Rodriguez really is one of the worst directors working. I mean, he really has made so many bad movies. When Spy Kids is perhaps your best movie, you know there's a problem. 
I, I, Robert Rodriguez is a hack. People like him because he makes movies cheap, so he gets a lot of celebrities because they don't have to waste much time. And they like him because he edits it like himself on his own little MacBook Pro or whatever. But he's a terrible, I mean, other than Sin City, the guy is a terrible director. Michael's nodding. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Hey. Um, I don't know. I'll probably see Predators anyways, just for camp. Yeah, I mean, he's only producer, you know, I, whatever. Um, next up, Dinner for Schmucks. Looks like a funny trailer with Steve Carell and uh, Paul, it's, Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd. I don't need anything else. Really? You got a man crush on Paul Rudd? I think now? Paul Rudd is just amazing. Interesting. Assault with Angelina Jolie, which we've seen very little. Uh, yeah, um, I only seen that one trailer. Before. Directed by Philip Noyce, though. He's made a, quite a, did Quite American, did uh, Rabbit Proof Fence. Uh, that should be interesting. The yeah. other, the other guys is another one that hasn't been advertised, but that's with Will Ferrell, directed by Adam McKay, who does you know Talladega Nights and uh, uh, Step Brothers. And uh, I haven't. Seen I wasn't impressed by the trailer. Really, uh, I haven't seen the trailer. Um, Step Up 3D. I- I'm really excited for Step Up 3D. <laughs> I like Step Up 2. Step Up 2 is good. Didn't see Step Up 2. I, I don't know if I even saw Step Up. Step Up wasn't that good. I recommend you skip to Step Up 2 because <laughs> you, you really don't have to like see Step Up 1 to see Step Up 2. So just jump forward to Step Up 2. Can I just watch Step Up 2 and watch not not watch Step Up 1 or Step Up 3D? Uh, yeah, I'll cut that deal with you. Uh, although, you know, yeah, yeah sure. Um, then we got Eat, Pray, Love, Julia Roberts. Kind of like this year's Julie and Julia made for the old women, but might be good. Yeah, I, I just vaguely know about the book. Yeah, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I'm sold. Edgar Wright. That's all I need. I almost think, uh, but I I almost chose this as my bomb of December monetarily. Really? Um, I like. I don't think that people. Do you think it'll right. critically do well? Uh, I think so. Although there are rumors that now these are just rumors, but there are rumors that people at the studio call the movie unreleasable. That it's that they what? think it's just. Uh, total crap and uh the, i mean by their terms financially uh, and they think it just is cannot go out uh, but it of course has to <laughs> uh, now that's nikki fink rumor mill so what okay. you know how accurate that is i don't know uh lottery ticket no i think yeah i think i saw that before uh, death at a funeral I, I actually think it looks kind of good uh, uh i i had that thought to myself is what if you have the winning lottery ticket and but i think you actually call and, uh, <laughs> and, and you know you say i got my i don't know um and then a, a movie you're looking forward to just to round things out uh ending the summer with a bang piranha 3d uh, yes the, the the trailer i think uh, we should interview richard dreyfus you know, he, he had a movie that came out this weekend, actually. Really? That, that we can interview him It looks early. like a Lifetime movie. It's called The Light Keepers or something like that. And he had a Q&A in Pasadena. And, and he, I was going to send you up there <laughs> like a correspondent and have you attack Richard Dreyfus. Why would I attack I Richard Dreyfus? I, 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 we hear he lives in the area. So uh, maybe we'll get Richard Dreyfus on if he's not uh, trying, Live interview. If he's not trying to distance himself from piranha 3d uh so who, who would yeah <laughs> i think we should try the to get best it. the best part of that trailer is ving rames trying to shoot the piranhas that is my... no i thought the best part was when he had the outboard motor and he's just like sticking it in the water uh, yeah well uh we'll see if that's good uh written by josh stolberg who's nice to come on hsx forums and i actually liked um i actually liked his uh, sorority row i thought that was fun uh, but I did not like good good luck Chuck, nor did I like Kids in America. So old Joshy has a uh, 
working against him. Uh, track record that's not that great. But uh, it will be one film I am willing to see in 3D. Okay. Well, we'll go opening night in 3D. Actually, I'll be in LA. We, we got to get you up there. You know, it's going to be interesting because mm-hmm. uh, I'm only going to be down here like every other weekend. We're, you, you know, your school only starts at the end of September. So we're going to have to get you up to LA to podcast a couple times maybe. <laughs> All right. Maybe we need sponsors to comp my uh, my ticket up to LA. Oh yes, that <laughs> brutal Amtrak fare. Yeah. Um, well, you could spend the entire week and come up with me, uh, but uh, I don't think you want to do that. But again, maybe I'll have a nicer apartment. Going for the burbs. Going for the burbs this time. That's good choice. Good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to say? I'm not really looking forward to this summer. Not not a really good lineup of movies. No. Doesn't. Yeah, not feeling too. And like all all these ones, other than Inception, which is not really a brand movie, I feel like there's not like, you know, like we could, uh, I guess Iron Man 2 kind of, but, you know, we could await Indiana Jones. We could await, you know, these big tent yeah. pole movies. The tent pole movies this summer seem really weak, especially within the franchises. Because what? We only have like two franchise movies left, which are... Uh, Shrek and uh, Twilight. So. And I think the films that are probably Toy like Story, the most are probably not going to do that well. Yeah, it's it's not looking like a typical summer, but maybe we'll come out on the other side having said, hey, it's actually good. So stay tuned for our August wrap-up, which I guess will be on the Piranha 3D show uh, yeah. with our top uh, five, even ten movies of the summer. Uh, <laughs> so until next time, this has been Danny Baldwin. And, oh, wait, we haven't thrown this out. Uh, lately um, I you can email me at webmaster at bucketreviews.com tweet me at bucketreviews and Michael they can email you at michael at bucketreviews.com I haven't been getting much email so I think it's because I haven't thrown out that address so uh, webmaster at bucketreviews.com or if you have to send a Michael michael at bucketreviews.com <laughs> so until next time this has been Danny Baldwin for Michael Lester saying I, see this is the problem I, I, I've been trained in radio by Adam Carolla and he always ends. This Are you being serious right now? Uh, you know what I mean. Like, no, is this like... Yes, this is this is into the microphone. The, the problem is, I, I take... You know, he says, uh, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying, mahalo. And I'm searching for my word, but I like kind of frame myself. So uh, this has been Danny Baldwin for Michael Lester saying bye. We're on the front line. I get handed down the news. We're on the front line. Swing on the front line